0: Gentlemen, good morning and welcome back. Thanks for joining us on another beautiful Thursday morning. And we've got a fantastic topic of conversation for you today. You know, pro wrestling, it's full of the twists and the turns. And that is what draws us in. Just when we think we know what's going to happen, bam, something unexpected occurs. Today, we're sharing our favorite memories and moments That we never saw coming It's all about when hell froze over Pro Wrestling's most shocking moments This is 80's Wrestling the Podcast My name, Jumpin' Jay And first, I'm joined by Longtime partner, my co-host Who always sits across from me Frosty McFreeze Tommy Fierro Tommy, good morning, sir What is going on?
1: Good morning, Jumpin' Jay And good morning, all the listeners Of 80's Wrestling the Podcast Fun topic today. We're going to talk about the most shocking moments in professional wrestling history. Now, I know we're called 80s Wrestling, in the podcast, but this is open to all shocking moments. What was your favorite? Give us a call today and share yours with us, 516-595-8295. Again, that's 516-595-8295. Jump Jay, real quick, before we uh, bring on our special co-host with us today. One of my shocking moments as a wrestling promoter is having a fan pay for a ticket to every single event and not only stay for the whole event, but stay after everyone else leaves the event and cleans up with me at my events. That's a shocking moment because barely anyone in the business that are on the shows do anything or go out of their way to help. So having a paying customer do that, to me, is a shocking moment, and that's why I have named Toto Tom the greatest ISPW fan in history, and this is his topic today, and he is joining us as our special co-host. It's going to be a three-man ship today.
2: Toto Atom, Welcome. You are the host this week of 80s Wrestling, the podcast, my friend. Thank you, Tommy Fierro. Thank you, Jumping Jim. It is a pleasure to be on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Everybody out there knows that I am the five-star caller. Today, you find out why I am the five-star co-host.
0: I'm excited for today, fellas. I love it. Because you talk about a hell-froze-over moment. I never thought I'd see the day. Where Toto with Tom climbs into one of the host chairs and helps steer the ship, but he picked this topic, and I can't think of a better guy to lead today's conversation on the most shocking moments history of pro wrestling. And of course, if you guys remember, this idea came from the recent return of CM Punk, and that's where the kind of the hell froze over uh, tagline comes from because they said it would be a cold day in hell when we saw CM Punk back in the WWE but that's what we see and so that kind of is the uh, the thing that kicked off this topic so I'm excited to dive in fellas um, we have a whole host of people on the line this is such a great topic people are excited to connect with Toto with Tom we are five caller deep uh, to start off the show so if you guys are ready we just dive jumping into the, uh, the pro wrestling just, slam line here jumping Jim just one, one
2: comment though um, next time I come into the show can you just make sure that catering is up to speed as to what I like, okay? Because I was a little disappointed today that there was no Lucky Charms.
0: You know, the the Stromboli sisters unfortunately had to take today off, so yeah, we were stuck with just cold milkless cereal this morning, But I will really right. make a show note uh, in my notes here about that. Oh, Let's and jump and into the slamline, Joe. Let you gentlemen. know
3: real quick. Real, 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 real quick, before you take the first
1: caller, I just wanted to make mention you were talking about the Stromboli sisters and catering. Next week, mark your calendar, circular right now. Next Thursday, right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast, it will be our Christmas party episode, and we are going to have a fun one next week. Jumpin' Jay, we might make it two hours, if you're good to go with that, because I would bring in some special guests, maybe a legend, maybe an ISPW guy. We'll have some special callers throughout the episode. We're going to have uh, the Stromboli sister, Jen, live in her kitchen doing her, uh, her uh, Christmas uh, uh, cookie baking.
3: It's going to be a fun episode. Can you, can you go a little longer next week? Absolutely.
0: Why not? Clear the schedule for okay, the uh, 80s wrestling podcast two Christmas hour.
1: party. We're going to do a two-hour Christmas party next week. I promise uh, a couple of celebrity guests next week.
0: Man, that's borderline extravaganza. We might have to change it from a show to an extravaganza. Let's do it. Uh, All right. He's wrestling the podcast Christmas extravaganza next week. But right now, this week, hell frozen over. Like I said, the slam line is jam packed. So we're going to jump in. Uh, We're going to start this topic off hot with uh, a relatively new caller to the show, but he's become such a familiar voice that it just wouldn't feel like a Thursday without hearing from our friend Matt from Boston. Matt, good morning. You're kicking off the conversation with Toto Tom this morning.
4: Hey, good morning everybody. Good morning. Um so couple of couple of quick things right off the top. I, I unfortunately Hold have to on, apologize. Matt, Matt,
3: I gotta
2: step on you for a second. You had the topic for last week's episode, yet you failed to call in.
4: Am I not Correct. right? Correct. So what is up yeah. with that? Yeah. Um so bills gotta get paid, right? Right, mortgage mortgage comes due, electricity bill comes due, and uh, oh, you know, yeah. I got I got to pay those bills. And uh, all right,
2: continue. We don't want to hear about your life story. What's the topic?
5: <laughs> so,
2: I, I, listen, think,
5: hey, listen.
1: First of all, Toto with Tom, Toto with Tom is a hill, Matt. I'm a big Matt fan. You know that, Matt. That's my boy up in Massachusetts. So, you know, you're my boy, man. So when you when you see Toto with face to face. At 80s one con, I guarantee you he'll change his tune. But you know how big that is. You'd be, you'd be, you'd be, uh, you'd be wishing you didn't say that, buddy.
4: So, so Tom, I actually have one point for you, um, and and so so thanks for thanks for bringing that up because I was my my first point was literally hey I got to pick the topic and then I couldn't call in and I was really bummed. But that that notwithstanding, you know, for weeks I heard about, you know, you were going to camp out in front of the store. You were there for the rebranding, the relaunch, and you had to be customer number one. And I, I couldn't help myself, but I, I just had to, I had to jump that line somehow. And you know, I, I, I may have dropped an order the night before, so all that, all that waiting in line, I don't, I don't know that you're customer number one at the Rock and Wrestling Collector forevermore. I, I think, I think I may have that title. So, apologies, I will just, I, guess. I, I
3: will
1: say the first. The first order that came in off the website the morning of the relaunch was from Matt.
2: Well, Matt, Tommy, thanks you, and the Rock and Wrestling Collector will forever be in debt to you for that. And that's all that matters. At the end of the day, is that you know you're, you're on board with the Rock and Wrestling Collector and the rebranding that has now been on for I think three weeks. It is, or maybe we're up on four almost. So thank you for that, Matt.
4: Matt, yes, what are your yes.
2: what are your what are your hell freezes over moments? Because yeah, we have so, a lot
4: of people on hold. Absolutely, let's jump right into it. So I'll, I'll be quick. I, I got I only got two, and I know. Thank you. I know Tom, you're not a big fan of the. Uh, let's let's go through five, six, or seven. So so I'm going to cap myself at two. Um, the first the first one for me one is one is a child one is an adult when when Andre aligned with Bobby Heenan that mm. I, I don't can't think of a more shocking oh, yeah. moment me as a child um it changed everything um and and you know led to a monumental event so it's probably a pretty obvious one probably a pretty common one but um that was one that that just changed every, everything for me as a as a child and you know already was a hulk maniac but but you know that cemented that when when andre aligned with the dastardly Um, and then my second one is more of an adult. Um, honestly, it was, it was Scott Hall showing up on nitro Mm -hmm. for me. That was okay. We got something major now. And I was always a Northeast WWF guy, but Holy moly. Now I've got to, now I've got to start, you know, using the back button on the remote and flipping back and forth. And, um, we all know what, what that, that first moment of Scott Hall showing up led to, um, and everything thereafter, and, and still kind of, you, you, can, you can feel it through the product today. Hey, so, Matt, I'm
2: curious. I'm curious. What did you think when Hogan became the third member of that faction?
4: I, so, great question, Tom. I, you know, as an, as an adult, I, I sort of saw that coming. Now, I, I'm not going to say I predicted or anything. No, that's not what I mean. But when it happened, it was like, oh, of course. It's two WWF guys. Of course it's Hogan. Would Sting have been a big impact? Sure. But he wasn't a WWF guy. Mm-hmm. So 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 Hogan I thought was obviously a perfect choice. I you know, at that point in my life I'm I don't I I don't know, twenty somewhere around twenty. So So you're a virgin. I, exactly, yeah. And, and and for years to come after, for sure. Um it it just you know, Hogan Hogan aligning himself made sense. It made sense from the for the story and I could never see Hogan as a bad guy before. But in that moment, it was like, that works. It's genius. I never would have thought of it. I never would put, you know, I would never take the red and yellow off of him. But in this, in this moment, in this situation, it was perfect. So, I wouldn't, so those are my I wouldn't two. be, su-
2: Matt, I wouldn't be surprised if other callers have the same, um, this, uh, if other callers think that this Hogan turn is one of their most shocking
4: moments as well agreed i mean how can it not be right i mean it's 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 the, the the ultimate baby face the guy who launched you know pro wrestling into the stratosphere it's the name that everyone associates with wrestling whether you know anything about it or not to be a bad guy and and you know especially when you talk about them <laughs> the traditional money-making model good guys make the money back then bad guys typically don't merchandising and all that stuff so um there was a lot of risk there too, which I think contributes to you know something being shocking. Um, but boy, did it did it work? So, Andre and Scott Hall are my two. I'm going to leave it there for you guys to chat
0: about. What do you think, awesome Jumping man. Jim? Yeah, it's, it's hard to argue with uh, with either of those. Uh, at the time, Bobby the Brain Heenan, the Weasel, the biggest heel manager in the World Wrestling Federation. Andre the Giant, an icon, one of the most beloved figures in the sport. To see him align uh, with the evil manager, of course, shocking, mind-blowing. And Hogan's reaction to it made it even that much more impactful. And then, yeah, the whole start of the, uh, the NWO. It's ironic. Just this week, I went back and I watched that episode of Nitro as uh, I was waiting in in the pickup line for my kids from school, and I watched that first episode of Nitro where Scott Hall makes an appearance, and yeah, it brought back all those feelings of wonder when you saw it for the first time, like what is going on? Um, and so, yeah, both of those were definitely moments that shocked us as wrestling fans. Hey, Matt, thanks for kicking off the greatest episode ever of '80s
2: Wrestling, the podcast. I want to make I want to tell all the women out there, please call in today because Toto with Tom is on the air, and I want to hear from the female callers, right? We don't get a lot. So I think today with me on, they should be coming on.
1: Matt, thank you so much, man, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week here on the special two-hour Christmas edition of 80s Wrestling, the podcast Christmas
4: Extravaganza. Can't wait. Excited. Thank you, boys. Be good.
0: All right. Thank you, Matt. Great kickoff to today's conversation, and just oh, yeah. total with Tom, you must have some psychic abilities about trying to reach different demographics because once you know it, the next caller on the Slam Line this morning is Kathy from <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> Kathy, good morning, welcome to the program. Get out of here!
6: <laughs> Hello, total guys. Hey, Tom. Tommy, Tom, so great to talk to you all. I was gonna just say, Tom, great segue. That was a perfect segue.
3: Well, I figured Total
2: Tom would, you know, be able to get the females to call in because, you know, I yes. can make water wet, you know.
6: There you go. There you go. Oh God! <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Continue. It's, um, yes. Okay. Well, I'm not going to go on and on either, but um of, of course, if you've heard me before, you guys probably know what I'm going to say. But um, again, I don't watch today, but yeah, CM Punk, that's, that's huge news, and I do know enough of what's going on. So mine, of course, was when the Warrior got put in the casket, and that was shocking to me, and I was not young. You know, I was Oh my gosh, I was like one on nineteen, but it still was something that was totally different that they were doing. I remember just very vividly watching that, and I just remember sitting there thinking, like, okay, they're really doing this. And if you were there, like present, I I still to this day can't imagine if little kids were there and what their parents could possibly be telling them because we know it's fake, okay? But when you're watching this kind of stuff, your your brain doesn't know any different. Like it's just processing all that. So I can't imagine being a parent <laughs> to tell them like, it's okay. It's is fake. He's okay. So You know, when you're little like that, those things just really, uh, like, you know, maybe they would affect little kids. I don't know. But I remember just watching that. And I like, I would turn my head to the side. Like if you would be there in person, how fans would always turn and look and see like, is somebody coming? Is somebody coming? And of course nobody was coming to help. Um, But I thought, oh my gosh, I'm sitting there at home doing that. And that's not really happening. And, um, but yeah, of course that was super shocking for me. And, you know, and it's stuff too like that, that, you know, stays with us. But I was glad that you guys mentioned like, you know, um, Tommy, in the beginning that you talked about, Tom, because I looked at this, like, okay, shocking moment. Everybody's going to go to, like, the negative, and everybody's going to have all all of their stuff, and that's fine. Um, But it can be other things, too, like surprises that aren't necessarily the bad. You know, it could be good stuff, too. And the other one for me has nothing to do with maybe a wrestler or, you know, anything like that. I was kind of shocked with the sale of the company this mm. year with Endeavor. Excellent. Excellent. And I know, I know, I know, I know that WWE has been in contact with them for years and they've done projects and all of this. But I guess to me, I just didn't really think it would happen, you know, because you know how Vince is where everybody, you know, things happen to him, he bounces back. This happens, he comes back, you know, all this stuff. And and then we just think, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Vince, you know, whatever. But I guess Kathy, I just never You're absolutely that right,
2: Kathy. Yeah, Kathy, you're absolutely right. I think all of us thought the day that Vince McMahon is no longer in charge yes. of the WWE
6: would be when he died. Exactly, and I thought that maybe Destiny and Triple H. You know, I was thinking that too, and I don't know. I mean, the money and all that is obviously a humongous factor, but I really, I just really didn't think I'd see the day, and and maybe people that follow more today would say, oh, I saw that comment, you know, Vince is getting older and all that. I guess with nostalgia purposes and all of us of yesteryear, we just never would have seen that happening. And I, I was one of those people. So that still, it still is a shock to me. And I hope, you know, it does well. But that, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to bring that up because it's more current and, um, you know, it has to do more with something different besides maybe just a wrestler and all that. And so, but it's I think one either. That, it's that a great
2: topic, thing. Kathy, because <laughs> there's so many layers to it, right? I mean, he sure. was told to step down because of the allegations against him. Um, right. And then, you know, Stephanie and triple H were in charge. Then they stepped down. Then Vince comes yeah. back again. So there's a lot of layers to it. Someday yeah. I'm sure there'll be some sort of, you know, docuseries which will go into it um it makes for great tv that's for sure
6: it does absolutely and it keeps people on the edge of their seats and i was always one of those fans back in the day because i i started watching when i was i don't know 11 or 12 i can't quite get and then i i stopped watching in uh, 92 but i never liked i i know bad guys that's the thing, you know you get more publicity all that but being the way that I am I I never li- liked them and so when you would have a bad guy or a, a heel whatever you want to say turn good that was always like another shocking. and whoever whoever it was and I thought oh they're on the good guys team now they're <laughs> the you know and so that was always another thing for me when I think Oh, they're you know, they switched over and did that and but those are just a couple of my and I know everybody can go way back in history and I'm I'm always amazed by all of you guys that call in that you know, your knowledge and just no, it it just blows me away. So I'm always educated too by everything that you all say and um I share my little stories and um and all that, but I I really I really love to hear what everybody has to say. It's always so engaging, and you know. And if you, they want more women on the show, I don't know who's available, but um, maybe you guys could get like Mike McGurk, or you know, maybe she could come on. I don't know hmm. if she's ever been on, but somebody like that, maybe. So, just throwing that out there to get more of the women involved. So, but but we it's a great. All, we love that involved. you
2: called. We love that you called. Yeah. We hope you call again
6: next I'm week. So glad yes i i will definitely
2: try
1: kathy kathy next week is our special two hour christmas bestrug again so we hope that we can hear from you next week
6: yes i i hope i hope so i hope so so um but yeah and tommy i just want to say also real quick i was going to say this yeah congrats again on the rock and wrestling collector man if i live close by yeah i definitely stopped in and probably spend hours looking at all of the memorability you have. So, yeah, I I hope that does very well for you. I think it's a great combination. So I think you can't go wrong. Awesome. Thank you. Yes.
1: Thank you so much, Kathy. Hopefully we hear from you next week.
6: Yes, I hope so too. Great to talk with you guys.
0: All right, Me thank too. you so thank much, you. Kathy. Yeah, this conversation just keeps on rolling. The most shocking moment oh, yeah. real, in the history of professional quick, wrestling. Just,
1: before we get to the next, the next caller, uh, just letting you know, I'm doing my due diligence on my end. I'm sending out a couple, uh, couple sailors for next week's episode already, just so you guys know I'm already working on it.
0: Going deep into the Rolodex, finding a, a celebrity – a pro wrestler, somebody related to the industry to connect with us on next week's Christmas extravaganza. I know you won't disappoint, uh, Tommy. You never do. Uh, Up next on the slam line is a new number to the show. He's the founder of the Savage Kingdom and host of the Party with Marty podcast. Please welcome Savage to the show. Savage, good morning, sir.
7: Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys doing
0: today? Can you exactly. hear me? What's, up,
7: Fantastic. You? What's going on, man? Good Hello. Uh, Hello. Yeah, can you hear me? Hello. No. You can't hear Who? me. No. How are you answering me, then, Tom? Why are you playing games with me? Continue. Exactly. Tom, you're a good guy, and I think you're a great person for this radio show. You're a good personality. You got a strong character. Tommy Fierro, you did a great job this year. I hope next year is even bigger and stronger for you. I'll try to bring you some uh, power guests for 80s Wrestling Con. We're always excited for 80s Wrestling Con. And if you want to talk about most shocking moments, for me personally, after watching Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon pretty much buy WCW, because I never thought that would ever happen, but it did. And when it happened, I never thought I would see Hulk Hogan in the WWF ever again. When Mm -hmm. you see Hogan, Nash, Hall, NWO, after crushing WWE in the ratings for almost a year, and now they're back, that moment to me was like hell froze over. Hogan back in WWE, goes on to have an iconic match with The Rock. And then not only that, but goes on to win the WWE or WWF, Mm -hmm. I don't even remember anymore, the championship from Triple H. You know, it it just, it shifted the balance of power again. It's like, I couldn't believe that Vince would let Hulk Hogan come back and then not only come back, but have a run the way he did. Mm -hmm. Like, to me, that was like hell froze over. And uh, I don't think CM Punk coming back is hell freezing over. I knew that was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. I didn't think it was going to happen as soon as it did, but it did. The next time hell will freeze over, gentlemen, is when you see me induct Marty Jannetty into the WWE (laughs) Hall of Fame.
2: (laughs) You know you're doing God's work over there, and uh, you know all the best to you and Marty and the podcast. I have been watching it; it is very entertaining, and um, I appreciate you uh, calling in today. And you're killing it out there. Good for you, and also uh, happy birthday!
7: Thank you, sir. I'm very sad that I'm joining your age group. Actually, you're older than me, right? Really? Yeah, much older.
2: You oh, just God. hit the big four zero, hey, right? Man,
7: happy, we still look good, freak, though. We still look uh, good. Tom, all you gentlemen birthday, look man. good, man. I hope you all have happy a very birthday, merry brothers. Christmas. Thank you, Tommy. I appreciate that, brother. I'm going to go try to celebrate it with the family today and uh, try to keep wrestling off the mind at least one day of the year. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to, especially nowadays, nowadays. You have how that, much is going on. I will. I wish you guys a very Merry Christmas and the happiest of New Year's, gentlemen. Uh, let's all make a lot of money and have a lot of fun doing it. Savage out.
8: Well said.
7: Savage well said. out.
0: Well, look at this. We get Toto with Tom into the hosting chair, and we get new numbers dialing into the show, Tommy. That's pretty cool. Five-star caller, and now was the five-star co-host. That's right and we've had a lot we've talked a lot of shocking moments this morning and I'm I'm pleased that we haven't had any real duplicates yet. Every you know that just tells you how many of these topics are out there and how deep you can go to come up with a moment that you never saw coming.
3: Before before we get to
1: the next call can I share one of mine? Absolutely. Well, I think everyone knows if you're a, an avid listener of 80s wrestling the podcast, I think that everyone can probably figure out which one I'm going to pick. And, and and the one at the top of the program with Hogan and Andre the Giant, obviously every 80s wrestling fan, that's at the tippity-top of everyone's list and, and mine as well. But I can, for some reason, like I, I mentioned probably a dozen times on this podcast over the last couple of years, I just cannot forget when I was a little kid and I was sitting in my aunt and uncle's living room and I watched Paul Orndorff turn on Paul Hogan. I'm 46 years old, and I'm still—I still remember yep. being so shocked by that when I was a kid. More so than Andre the Giant turning on him, more so than Macho Man turning on him. But just for some reason, it was so shocking to me. So I agree uh, I with you a thousand that percent,
2: it, Tommy. I agree with
1: you yeah, a thousand man.
9: percent. And,
2: that happened in 1986, and you want to know why I think it resonates with us so much? It was such a vicious clothesline. It like took his head off.
1: It really was, and then the way he piled drive them, it was it, it was it was awesome. Man. And 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 Greek Savage was just on. He brought up a good point. You at the top of the list, absolutely at the top of the list, has to be when Vince McMahon was on screen for WWE and Shane McMahon was live at WCW. Yep. I mean, you talk about the all-time most shocking moments. That has to be uh, near the top of the list as well. So great point by uh, Savage. And just wanted to mention that one of mine, if not the biggest one, has to
5: be the
0: Orndorf and Hogan one. But
1: I'm excited to hear more of the listeners' takes.
0: Well, let's not keep you waiting then, Tommy, because the line is still jam-packed. There's still time to call. The guest call-in number, 516-595-8295. If you happen to be listening live, call us in and share your most shocking moment. Right now, sparks could fly as we're about to visit the firehouse it's time for oh, firefighter Brian. Brian, good morning sir
3: there goes the neighborhood good morning gentlemen how, <laughs> how are you nice? doing i'm doing hey i was doing better until i heard your voice How's god everything? bless how you oh. doing so well first of all hey uh tommy let me just ask uh is there a topic for next week or are we just gonna wing it and try to get guests
1: well, uh, next week is our Christmas party episode, two hours special. I'm working on several guests and several uh, surprises for next week's episode. We're actually, you know what? We're going to do Jumpin' Jay next week. We're going to do a couple of giveaways on next week's episode of '80s Wrestling the Podcast as well. Some magazines mm-hmm. from the '80s and '70s. We're going to be giving out some, some some giveaways next week as well. It'll be a fun one.
3: Very good, very good. And um, listen, it's a good thing that. You know, this is all you know by phone, and not you know you can't uh, see it or anything because you know I don't want to know you know how many tissue boxes um, Tom total Tom went when you guys were on the phone with Kathy. Uh, But anyway, so oh whoa 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 so my uh, my uh, shocking moments here. Uh, my shocking moment, my hell frozen over moment, is uh, when I didn't jump Tom when I met him in April. But uh, but on a serious note, on a serious note, this has been a very entertaining show. And uh, okay, my uh, my moments are uh, well. Yes, it doesn't really get much more groundbreaking, more shocking, more hell frozen over than uh, when I you know went on com in 2001 and saw WCW purchase W, excuse me, WWF purchase WCW. Does it get much more, you know, um, shocking? We already did helpful? that one. I understand that, but it led to a few moments you never thought you'd see. Eric Bischoff on Raw and the two of them hugging each other, even if it was just a show. But here's another moment. I don't think anybody thought they'd ever see that nobody talks about. And that was leading up to one night stand five, When Vince McMahon, Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman were all in a, in a wrestling ring together on TV. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Would think that was even possible during ECW's uh heyday, you know, they hated both WWF and WCW. The difference was they respected Vince. They hated Bischoff. The I'm going to give you some them, credit.
2: Brian, I'm going to give yes. you some credit. Okay, You actually just brought up a good uh, topic. Do you remember there was a show the WWF had. It was on a Saturday mornings. I think Todd Bettengill was the host of it. And Jim Corin. Yeah, Live Wire. Jim Coronet, Michael P.S. Hayes, and and uh, did I say Jim Cornette? Jim Cornette, yes. Michael P.S.A.s, and Vince Russo were all yes. and with they were with Vince McMahon, and McMahon yep. was taking calls, and all of a sudden I know Bruce
3: a Bruce Go from ahead. Connecticut
2: calls in, and Bruce from Connecticut starts ripping Vince and and you know his a new one, and it turns out to be
3: Paul Heyman from E.C.W. Yep, yep, yeah. Oh God, let me take Tom. You bring up some great memories, Tom. Because uh, L- live wire, I tell you, I, w- I wish they would put that on Peacock. Because that show was awesome. It was so ahead of its time. It was entertaining. You'd have uh, they, and, and a caller asked Vince about Ted Turner. Um, yeah, that was a great show. And you bring up a very good point. Yes, Paul, the ECW uh, inv- invasion, if you want to call it that, the, the reason I bring it
2: up, Brian, is because yeah. to me, it's very poignant in the fact that the greatest minds, I think, of this century, of last century, the greatest minds of last century were all sitting together. Pat Patterson was not there. OK, that's an omission because right. I think Pat Patterson is in there as well. But you had Russo, you had Cornet, you had Heyman and you had Vince McMahon. Oh, And I think Jim Ross might have been there, too, on that show. And. The greatest minds in professional wrestling, you know, the learning tree that everybody can learn from, we're all in that room at the same time.
3: That, that's a very good point. Michael Hayes was in there, too. Yeah, Michael's uh, good, too. Yep. Absolutely. And don't forget Sonny. She was there, too. Oh, but <laughs> she was the eye
2: candy, yes. But, she's, yeah, I'll she was just, great. She was great.
3: And I'll just – let me just say quick, you know, Babyface brought up uh, – my birthday last week, how Rick Ruitt and Curtis Hughes were born on my birthday. So was Sonny. We have the ah, same birthday. Uh, wow. I'm sure she celebrated. Uh, she's about 50 pounds heavier nowadays. But um hope she, she had a nice yeah. birthday in the can. And um, but, uh, wait, 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 Be now. nice. Be nice. Yes. Be nice. That's the popcorn, the kettle block, if I ever heard <laughs> it. But... Uh, wait, Tom, I've loved your opinion. Tommy, Jay, let's, let's not leave you guys out. What do you think about what Tom and I have been talking they about? Were, the they were time? sleeping. They were <laughs> sleeping. They just, no, you I, think actually, somebody could sleep actually, with you all I,
1: I, I wasn't sleeping. I was planning. So, Like I mentioned, I think it's a really good idea at 80s Wrestling Con 5 on Saturday May the 4th at the Men's Sports Arena in Morristown, New Jersey. Tickets available now, by the way, on dot com. We are going to have an 80s wrestling podcast arm wrestling challenge between Firefighter Brian and Toto Tom live at 80s wrestling con 5. It is sealed. Signed on the dotted line, or maybe, maybe, <laughs> as you know, or we can do this, Jay. You know how we're having our 80s wrestling... Podcast party at the Rock and Wrestling Collector on May the second. We can also do it there as well. Maybe a debate between the two, but there's something brewing here between uh, Firefighter Brian and Total Watam leading into the road to '80s Wrestling for sure.
0: If the gentlemen are up for anything, I think anytime you get Total Watam and Firefighter Brian in the same room, it, it's good. Jay, how many callers do we have left on hold? Do they all hang up? No, no, they're still they're still hanging on. Okay. Surprisingly, we got even more now that they've heard we, the voice of firefighter Brian. I think you two are good uh, good ratings together. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get to the rest of the callers, Brian. <laughs> you got two hours next
2: week, so I'm sure he will use up at least one.
3: Well, <laughs> at least one, if if uh, if, if I'm lo- if uh, we're all lucky. But uh, yes, it, it was, and I'll and I'll end with this, Tom. If there's one thing you and I can agree on, that cage match. Yes, for the convention, yeah, that would be great. But I think we're good enough to actually make the ISPW show after the convention. Now I know uh,
2: you're ridiculous, okay? Now I know you're ridiculous.
3: I learned from the best, my friends. Mm -hmm. Listen, good talking to you guys, and I'll uh, hopefully talk to you guys
0: next week, okay? Sounds good, Brian. Thank you so much. Take care, Brian. All right. The calls just keep coming in. This has been one fun conversation. Hell frozen over moments. The most shocking moments that we remember from our fanhood uh, inside professional wrestling. And I'm telling you what, Total of Tom's in that third chair today, Tommy. And we get some more unknown numbers. First time callers. And this one has an area code of 201, which if I know a thing or two, Tom, it means it's coming from your neck of the woods. So let's pick it up. Good morning. Caller, what's your name and where are you calling from?
10: Uh, my name is Tom Casola, and I'm calling from New Jersey. Hey, Tom, how are you? Doing very well, thank you.
0: Finally, some class in this this this
10: studio.
0: Finally. Kodiak Bear, Tom Costola. Listen up, you moron. Of
3: course it's the Kodiak Bear.
0: uh, No,
7: yeah.
1: Hey, real real quickly, let me make mention. uh, I mentioned it several times on the podcast in the past. Uh, When I first got involved in the wrestling business, when I was just a freshman in high school, I overheard two kids. Talking about a wrestling radio show that was going to be on William Patterson College uh, that evening. It was called "Who's Slamming Who." Slamming I mean, Who. So I went home and I and I listened to it and I and I uh, there was a contest to be the special guest co-host for the week. I actually won the contest to be the special guest co-host, and through this uh, radio show, I learned about newsletters and. You know, independent shows, and if it wasn't for that, I would not even be on this conversation right now on this call. I would never have probably gotten involved in professional wrestling. So, Tom, who was uh, the the host of the uh, show, I want to thank you so much for the
9: oh. uh,
1: magnitude and influence that your radio show had on me as a teenager, and <laughs> I'm so indebted to you. Thank
11: you.
10: Oh, please. Uh, I mean, it was a pleasure having you on, and getting to know you and becoming a friend. Um, It was just, you know, a a silly thing way back when. Uh, I think John Arezzi was really the – well, John Arezzi and Rich Mancuso were the only other guys that had um, a professional wrestling talk show on the radio. And, um, yeah, I was a big wrestling fan from uh, the 1970s on up. And they, I was going into broadcasting, uh, and then I decided to do it. And my uh, my cohorts at the time were Tony Bender, Rob McGuire, and George Tejinos. And uh, George stayed in the business, quote-unquote, as he became a famous photographer. So you've probably seen a lot of his photographs in various magazines, on the covers of DVDs, um, but, yeah, it was, just, it was just a lark. But what's funny is that doing that, you know, I interviewed a couple of folks, and one of the gentlemen I um, interviewed was Rocky Jones, who just passed away last year. And um, he looked at me and he says, you're big enough? He says, have you ever thought of being a professional wrestler? And that's kind of like asking a kid from New York who's uh, playing stickball, hey, do you want to try out for the Yankees? Right, And I jumped at the chance, and um, it was very old school back then. And God bless them, and I say it with all love in my heart. Uh, Rocky and Gino Caruso took me in, and they beat the heck out of me. They put me through the ringer, and they never thought that I'd come back after the first day. Again, this was very old school. Just got beat up, came back, did it again, came back, kept doing it. Finally, they were going to teach me how to take bumps. They had no ring, so we did it on concrete. And I started of taking mm. bumps on concrete. And that's when they realized, yeah, this kid is, you know, destined, you know, to do it. But what was also funny, way back when, I had to make the decision, do I want to be a broadcaster or do I want to be a wrestler? Because wrestlers doing broadcasting would look down upon. And uh, and now, 20, 30 years later, Oh no, a lot more. yeah, thirty years later. It's been thirty three years since I've been doing this. Uh thirty years later, look how many wrestlers are on the radio. It's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, it, it's funny, you know, so but you, you were well later. ahead of your time, man. You were well ahead of your time. <laughs> uh well, yeah, I absolutely I, I doubt that, but but you know, I, I thank you for the uh for the kind words. So, um can I give you my health freezes over moment?
2: Oh. Of course. Probably be, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're all waiting for it.
10: Yep, it, it's very old school. It's two of them, which most of you folks probably don't even remember or know of. Um, and they both revolve around Bruno San Martino. And the first one is when Spiros Arion turned on Bruno. And then the biggest one was when Larry Zabisco turned on Bruno. Wow. And those, you know, those were big moments way back when. And especially when it came to Zabisco, no one ever thought that would happen. And then the final showdown at Shea, you know, was the uh, final, you know, doubt. And um, what a lot of a that lot was people like, don't remember. Go ahead,
2: Tom. I was going to say that was like the first WrestleMania ever when they started doing those Shea shows. You know, in '72, '76, and '80. You yeah, know, it was three, a precursor. Yep, yeah,
10: they, yeah, they did three of them. Um, And the first one was Bruno against uh, Pedro Morales. And then the second one was they were showing the close circuit of uh, the big headliner was Inoki against Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. And then the final one was with um, Bruno and Zabisco. And a lot of people don't remember that when at the very end, when Zabisco is outside uh, after being defeated, he goes to shake San Martino's hand and then San Martino punches him. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but but yeah, those were, you know, that's old school. Tom, I got one,
2: too, from Bruno. Ready? Ivan Koloff, knee drop, you know, and then gets the 1-2-3 pin at Madison Square Garden, ending a a seven-and-a-half-year title run by Bruno Sammartino. I, of course, didn't see it, and none of us were probably, you know, have ever seen it, but I was told that you could hear a pin drop in the garden that night.
10: Well, as little career that I had, um, the some of the great things is I got to meet and discuss with um, some of my heroes. And I was able to speak to Bruno one time about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, as a wrestler, you never wanted to talk wrestling to wrestlers, but there was one night when Bruno was kind enough and he said, and he, you know, he. If you see other interviews, you'll hear that he said that when Koloff came down and landed on him, he thought that he did something to his ears because Bruno couldn't hear anything. Hmm. And uh, But then when he stood up, he could hear the announcement of the new champion, and he could hear the referee, and he heard Arnie Scullin, but the, uh, he was just wondering. And then in order not to cause a riot that night. If you ever see video, Koloff leaves without the belt because they knew mm-hmm. that if they gave Koloff the belt at the time, there would have been a riot out there. So wow. out he went. And then Bruno wow. said, as he was going back, he heard people were crying. And it's like, Bruno, you're still out here. Bruno, you, you know, you'll you get it back and all that. Um, but yeah, it, that one. and um, And then when Superstar beat Bruno again, you know, but uh, God bless uh, superstar. He, you know, he loved Bruno so much. He said, you know, that if he was going to beat him, he wanted to make sure the feet were on the ropes. And if you notice, they're on the top rope because he wanted to make sure everybody mm. were, you know, saw that.
2: Hey Tom, so. I have a total Tom take I want to give to you, and I want you guys sure. to think about it for a second. I think one of the worst booking decisions by Vince McMahon senior was not listening to superstar Billy Graham and turning him face in the midst of his title run because he had with him basically Hulk Hogan before Hulk Hogan and superstar, you know, he had a nine month run as champion as a heel. He, he could have kept, he could have kept that belt. He could have kept on going. He could have been, you know, Hulk Hogan before Hulk Hogan. What do you think?
10: Well, here's the, from the poop that I've heard. And again, I wasn't around At the time, so I can't tell you firsthand knowledge, but from everybody that I spoke to, and we had these discussions in the past, a couple of things. Vince McMahon Sr. was a man of his word, and he promised, um, what's his name, Bob Backlund, that he was going to be, you know, the next champion after Superstar. The other thing, too, is way back when there was a lot of um, territories. And every now and then, uh, if you kind of remember back then too, they were doing cross promotion champion against champion. And sometimes a certain promotion would try to, um, go in there and uh, screw over another promotion. So as great as Superstar was, he wasn't a great wrestler with a great amateur background that he could protect himself. If need be, right. So there was that, you know, point that th- most of the champions that were long-term champions, especially in the WWWF and the other federations, had a good amateur background. So exactly. So if something would happen, um, the champion themselves could could handle it. But yeah, and Tom, you're
2: right. that, I, Tom, that I, wound up remember- fighting. Greg Gagne in the ass because he didn't want uh, uh, he didn't want a, a guitar playing uh, beach bum Hulk Hogan to be heavyweight champion of the AWA. He he would rather have a, a guy with a wrestling background and look what happened with that. That promotion sure. died.
10: Sure, but you know a lot of promotions made a lot of mistakes. You know, and back in the um, in the '90s, you know Vince was you know on the ropes too. Uh, so. You just never know the way the winds are going to blow and uh, and how you're going to be able to survive it. The um, yeah the, the issues back then, too, were if you uh, – it's funny because I just got turned on to the Peacock mech work, and they have, you know, a lot of the old WWWF stuff. And at one time, uh, I could see that they had – and I never realized it until now – they had Kenny Patera in it. They had Superstar Billy Graham in it, and they had Hogan in there. All its heels, and then they had, you know, other stronger guys too, you know, good faces and all that. But I was just like, wow, just look at, you know, all this. And, and, you know, they could have done it with any of those guys. You know, obviously they went with Hogan, then they went with uh, Superstar, but, you know, even Patera could have been, you know, a, a champion. Wow! Is this is. is like
2: this is like gospel being spoken here on this show. Oh. <laughs> not
10: not in the least. Maybe like uh, Lords of the Ring, you know, <laughs> some kind of fantasy, but it's definitely not gospel. But first, I really guys, appreciate uh, you calling in. No, no, yeah, I took up too much of your time. I just wanted to say hello. I, I thank you guys for always being kind to me, uh, especially you know, I'm an old man now. I'm in my sixties. I'm still out there wrestling but you know for an old man out there wrestling what i have in age i definitely make it up in my slowness so but you're always so kind (laughs) to me you've got guys have always said very nice things about me and i just wanted to say thank you so much um and how you guys finally remember a silly little wrestling talk show so you know with high regard means the world to me so Thank you, Jack. I, I, I wish everybody who's party, man. Oh, please. I wish everybody who's listening in a happy holiday, whatever holiday you celebrate. And uh God willing, um, maybe you could do this in twenty twenty four.
1: Would love that, Bear. Thank you so much, man. Great to hear from you.
10: Good hearing from you guys. Take it easy.
0: Bye. Thank you. All right, there you go. The Kodiak Bear calling in. Uh, Tommy, I think you could, we could arrange to have him as a special guest one day. He seems to have a wealth of knowledge. Uh, and I would love to pick his brain a little bit more about the wrestling industry someday. Absolutely, man. The the line is still stocked up. We're
1: doing overtime today, I I think. Listen,
0: man, it's, it's, it's still, we still got numbers dialing in. And so if you're on hold, keep holding. We're going to try to get to everybody, uh, up next. It feels like the show's just kicking off because it's time to connect. With Babyface Brian. Brian, good morning. Thank you for waiting on hold. Welcome to the hell froze over conversation with Toto Tom.
5: Thank you, Jay, and uh, good morning to Tommy. Good morning to Jay, and special uh, special thanks to Toto Tom for stepping up today. Great show so far. I Love that last caller in particular. David,
1: great. Before you this is definitely a hell froze over because when Babyface Brian's this far deep into the episode as a caller, hell
0: has frozen over <laughs> that's what I was thinking, yes, sir,
5: definitely definitely hey I, I gotta agree with uh with tommy my my number one biggest shocker was um I'd only been watching wrestling a few months when Paul Orndorff uh hit. Paul Hogan with that clothesline, and basically that kind of ruined a lot of the future shockers for me because from then on I was kind of watching for stuff like that that was happening. So I had it. I had. I knew something was going on with Hogan and Andre with uh, Bobby Heenan getting uh, getting Hogan out of the uh, the or getting Andre out of the uh, suspension that he had. And not not having to wear the machine's mask anymore, you could see the writing on the wall with Hogan and Savage. But with uh, Hogan and Orndorf for a fan who was uh, very new to wrestling, uh, spring of '86 is when I started wrestling or watching. That's that to me was uh, just a huge shocker and, and really uh, tied me into wrestling for for years and years. And still my favorite feud. Um, today's actually the anniversary. Of the, uh, steel cage match that aired in January on Saturday night's main event. It was in Hartford, Connecticut. And Paul Orndorf, uh, uh, according to fans in attendance, his feet hit her, hit first. And then, uh, Danny Davis and Joey Morella argued about who won the match. So it got continued and Hulk kept the title. But that, that Hogan, uh, Orndorf turn happened back in June and aired in July. So this was a six month run that led to uh, some of the big, biggest house business and, and money on, on the home, uh, on the, the, the local shows that anybody had ever had in the, in the industry. They, they drew a ton of money. And I, I really am looking forward to uh, Tom's review of the Iron Claw, so I'll try to uh, keep it uh, as quick as possible. Um, a short time after that, uh, a few months after the, the Hogan Orndorf turn in 87, the shocker that hurt me the most was, uh, Roddy Piper announcing his retirement. You see him sitting there with mm. Mean Gene in an empty arena and, uh, announces that he's going to retire from wrestling. And, and really he was as high up as he could have gone. He won, uh, most popular wrestler of the year in Pro Wrestling Illustrated. He was in the, uh, the match before intermission at WrestleMania, kind of the, Main event of the first half of the show. They weren't going to put the title on him instead of Hogan, so he got out at the top of what his uh, potential was in WWF and probably in in making money and went to Hollywood and and gave it his best shot there. Uh, Last one is the big event in 88 with with the dual referees. That was truly a shocker seeing uh, the second referee come around and seeing Hulk lose his title and end that reign. So that's my big three is Hogan Orndorff, Roddy retiring and uh, and the twin referee scandal at the big event in 88, where Hulk mm-hmm. finally lost the, the title, and you see there's a, a second ref out there. I don't, well, want to nitpick. I don't
2: want to nitpick, yeah. babyface, but it wasn't at the big event. It was at Saturday night's main event. The big event was in Toronto, Canada. Headline
5: uh, was Hogan and Orndorf. Oh, the main event. Sorry, it wasn't yeah. Saturday night's main event. It was the main event. The so, main event. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. But the big totally. event was Yeah, in I was 86. trying to keep it. Yeah. yeah, oh, I know that. Yeah, I just, uh, uh, my brain isn't working trying to do, do this too fast. But, uh, but, yeah, it was the main event, February uh, 5th, 1988, Indianapolis. And uh, and then he got to throw a referee out the same way he did, uh, the same way he threw Rocky out of the ring in Rocky three, although he didn't, he went into the aisle instead of into the stands. So... <laughs> What a wonderful show, gentlemen. I appreciate you. And like I said, I'm looking forward to what Toto uh Toto Tom thought of Iron Claw.
2: Yeah, we didn't mention that yet, but I did go see the movie last night and I will give a quick review on it. Um it was an early screening, so right before the show signs off, um I'll I'll give you my thoughts.
5: Nice. You guys take care. Uh go Niners and go, uh go your cowboys and, and your giants, your exciting giants, Tommy and oh, then oh, uh
8: oh. real, real
1: Real quick before you before you get off the phone, yeah, go Giants! I don't know anyone out there uh, that's paying attention, but I wasn't. So this past week, the third consecutive win by New Jersey Cedar Grove natives Tommy DeVito. Now, I look on. I'm, I'm listen. The Giants were out of it a long, long time ago. Right. So when this happened, Jay and when it's the middle of October and the Giants are like two and six, you, 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 you stop looking at the, you stop looking at the standings, right? So when they won this past Sunday's game, I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see a New York post uh, column that says, you know, the Giants are back alive in the playoff. And I go, what? And I really, I wasn't paying attention to the standings. I thought the Giants were so far gone. Little did I know that. Uh, that conference, there's a lot of teams not doing good, so they're they're in the playoff hunt now. The reason I wanted to mention this because Tommy DeVito, who is now in this in this area, he's the king. He's the king of New Jersey right now, and his nickname is <clears throat> excuse me, his nickname is Tommy Cutlets. Right, so Tommy Cutlets, Tommy DeVito, the current starting quarterback for the New York Giants, literally lives around the corner from Stromboli sister, Jen.
9: Hmm. Now
1: we went over, my family went over there the other night for dinner uh, for her birthday. And we saw a ton of news trucks. The next block over, he lives directly around the block from her house. How
2: crazy is that? Wow.
5: Very cool. Does Jen
2: make good chicken cutlets. Maybe she can like pry him to uh, come on the show, you know, Give him some chicken yeah, cutlets well, listen, of her well, own. she's
1: gonna be she's gonna be on next week's episode, live in her kitchen doing her, uh, her her Christmas cookie baking. So we'll ask her next week about our chicken cutlets. But yeah, go Giants! I am not going anywhere, Jumpin' Jay, this Sunday. Usually, uh, I'm out doing the the fall pumpkin picking and the and the hay rides, and now you know the Christmas time we're doing going to the city, taking pictures with the Christmas tree. Listen. It's all over with. This Sunday, my fat ass is staying put on the couch. I'm watching the New York Giants as they try and make magic happen one more week this Sunday. Thank you.
5: Yeah, it's it's similar to uh, 49ers striking gold with Brock Purdy. Wouldn't it be cool if uh, Tommy DeVito ended up being the guy instead of the guy they gave all the money to? That would be a, a special story to have a guy right there uh, uh, and <laughs> very close to the stadium lead the team in the future. All
0: right. Hey, yeah, man. Hey, take care, guys. Take care, <laughs> guys. Have you, a good weekend. Great rest of the show. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you for holding uh, so long today. We've got a couple of people that were holding on hold as well. Uh, we're going to try to get through as many as we can here as the show is uh, rounding third base here. Uh, but up next, good friend of the show, Jason from Texas. Jason, good morning. Welcome to the Hell Froze Over special.
9: Hey, how you guys doing? It's been a fun show. Appreciate all you're doing. Um, I got to say, listening to Firefighter Brian and Toto with Tom go at it reminds me a lot of being a kid watching primetime wrestling, listening to Gorilla and Bobby. You guys are uh, pretty entertaining. (laughs) Tommy, you might want to consider uh, commissioning the two of them to do some sort of, you know, TV shows get or segment or something for ISPW, because that could be a home run. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, brother. Yeah. Um, Real quick, so uh, thank you to your Giants for beating the Green Bay Packers, a lifelong Chicago Bears fan. I'm sure that Jay, as a Vikings, fan, felt the same way. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, and and let's not forget that uh, Tommy DeVito also played a year at the University of Illinois, so... uh, you know, I got to see him a lot, that being the uh, alma mater of my wife and most of my family. So uh, we watch a lot of Illinois for better or worse, and mostly worse. But uh, it was nice watching him uh, in 2022 do everything he did. And actually, it's kind of interesting. Um, he actually commissioned um, for a waiver from the NCAA to try to play another season at Illinois, but they denied him. So then he ended up as a undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. The rest is history. So, uh, Tommy, you and your Giants uh, are—I I guess—can thank the NCAA for not allowing him to stay Ill at Illinois for one more year. So there you have that.
3: Um,
1: <laughs> hey, listen, man, yeah. it's
9: just—it's—it's
1: just—it it's just, uh, feels great. Like I, I know that you know, it, I know that it's—it's it's a come-from-behind, feel-good story. Being a Giants fan, like I know we made the playoffs last year, but. Uh, The previous six or seven years has been really, really hard to be a Giants fan. So just to be in December right now and have hope for the playoffs, considering how we started off at the beginning of the season, man, I am ecstatic. I'm ecstatic as a Giants fan
9: right now. Yeah, what's their record now, 5-8? and Yes, sir, 5-8. and Well, that's the same record that my Bears have, Mm -hmm. although I don't have any expectations for the playoffs. My only expectation is that Carolina Panthers number one overall draft pick. So let's roll. Hey,
2: Jason, I just got a text from Dave Meltzer. He, he said that this week's episode has been the highest rated in the history of 80s wrestling, the podcast. But the numbers are starting to go down because of your oh, rambling man. on. So can you please get to your point? Oh, all right,
9: Heel. It's all good. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. Here's my moment. I was there live April 1st, 2001. The Houston Astrodome, WrestleMania X7 or 17, whatever you want to call it. Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was, by everybody's account, the biggest baby face that almost single-handedly, you know, took down WCW and brought WWEF, whatever you want to call it, back to the forefront. Uh, beat the crap out of Vince McMahon time and time again and just made for so many amazing moments. All of a sudden does what he has to do to win the WWF championship against the rock uh, by smashing him repeatedly with a steel chair and then shaking Vince McMahon of all people's hands. Uh, and then of course, R.'s, you know, commentary, um, you know, about, I thought I knew Austin and blah, blah, blah. And you know, all of that was just it, it, to me, I was shocked because I just never would have thought, especially being there because it's in Texas. So, obviously, it was very pro-Austin in the Astrodome to begin with. But then you're talking about he wins the title. The crowd still goes crazy because nobody really understood what was actually happening. Everyone knew it was a no-DQ match, which was announced pretty late in the build up to it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you see then it's, you know, Austin shaking McMahon's hand in the ring and then having a beer with him. And everyone's mouth just dropped. And we all just kind of looked at each other like, what the hell did we just witness? And maybe that, the mean, only, maybe the only blemish
2: out of that WrestleMania and what is considered to be the greatest WrestleMania of all time, from start to finish, um, just that very ending where Austin yeah. turned heel—the only blemish.
9: Yeah, it, it was. It was weird. It was probably. I mean, even Austin says it was a mistake at this point now. When you watch some of his documentaries and such, but at the time it was just the most unheard of thing because he was still capable of drawing the whole house basically on his own, especially when you pair him up with rock in the main event. And uh, I just uh, never expected that to happen. So personally for me, that was my moment. And uh, I'll let you all finish the podcast out, but uh, thanks for the time.
0: Thank you, Jason. We appreciate you calling in and weighing in with your moment. Uh, a couple calls still to go, and then we're going to hear from Toto Tom as he gives us a uh, early review. The movie is, I don't even think is out publicly yet, but an early review of the Von Erich movie, The Iron Claw. That's still to come. But up next, it's time for the CHBK, the Canadian Heartbreak Kid. It's time for David from Canada. David, good morning, sir. Welcome to the conversation.
11: Well, thanks, guys. And I'm glad to hear, Jay, that you know I'm sexy. That's the most important thing that comes out of this conversation. Let's start right there. I think all of, Canada, all of
0: North America knows
11: uh,
0: about David's sexiness from Canada, but uh, we want to know about your hell-frozen-over moment, David. That's
11: what we want to know. All right, so I'll, I'll be quick to try and keep the complaints from Tom to a minimum. So, first of all, time. I want to say I'm from Canada. We're better than you. It's Tom.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. So,
11: here we go. Um, as a kid, first of all, the Montreal screw job. Yep. Second of all, me. the uh, the death of Owen Hart, mm. uh, sadly, obviously, and the third being the election of Jesse Ventura as Minnesota governor, proving Whoa. that wrestlers, uh, wrestlers can also go not just from <laughs> you know into the movies or into that entertainment world, but that it's actually been a a link to politics as well. Whoa. You know, Kane obviously is mayor in Knox County, mm-hmm. Tennessee, so there is that career. and I think it's, you know, you guys know that I, I teach drama as one of my subjects, and I often use wrestling-related references in my teaching um, because there's so many relatable things there, and that you know that shows that, hey, like those skills are transferable. And I'll wait one more quick thing. Tommy. The Giants are playing the Saints on Sunday, and the Saints are actually my team. Um, I have no faith in them whatsoever, so if the Giants win, I say, good job, buddy. But I just want to point that out, because I don't know we've had that kind of football rivalry yet on the podcast. I just want you to know, despite living geographically closest to Buffalo, the Saints are my team.
1: Hey, listen, I, if you listen to past episodes, I'm batting zero for a 1,000, putting my, uh, my co-host spot on the line. And now the Giants have won three in a row. I am not gonna jinx them, so uh, <laughs> good luck to your team on Sunday, but I, I'm not gonna bet against uh, I'm not gonna bet against them.
11: Fair enough, buddy. Fair enough. And Thank uh, you very here's much my prediction David. for most shocking yeah. moment of twenty twenty four. Total Tom goes full baby face.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
11: Nice. That's a bold nice. prediction. Bold prediction.
0: Thank you. Anyway, David, guys, so much I hope you have a on. Merry
11: Christmas, happy holidays, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Hey, same to you, brother. Thank you so Later, much. Brother. Merry Christmas. A Little north of the border, hell frozen over moments there. We got one last caller who's been hanging on, and I'm so grateful for that. It's Mike C from New Jersey. Mike, thanks for holding on. Welcome to the most shocking moments in program discussion.
8: Oh, uh, jumping Jay, merry and uh, merry Christmas, sir. Tommy Fierro. Mr. Tommy Fierro, merry Christmas to you. I'm bad. Uh, and I hear there's someone out there, and this is why hell has frozen <laughs> over. Who let this man on air with a live microphone? Toto so, uh Are you reinstating I, I like, the ban on Toto Tom? Yes. Well, we'll get to that, but let's get to the business <laughs> at hand first. Some shocking, hell-freezing, over-wrestling moments. Um, I'm going to start with... Bruno Sammartino's return to the company. Um, that was a big one for me. My yeah, father's favorite wrestler was Bruno Sammartino. Mm-hmm. And when Hunter reached out and got him to take the Hall of Fame induction, I was ecstatic because uh, I really felt like he deserved it. So that was great a big plan. one for me. Um, Bret Hart uh, returning on Monday Night Raw uh, will always be special. Uh, that was a great yeah. moment. Um, the Ultimate Warrior returning on Monday Night Raw will always be a great moment. Another one of those hell, frozes, hell freezes over moments. And I have one last one that will probably surprise you guys, and that is Xbox return to Monday Night Raw the night after WrestleMania 14. Because his promo, uh, you know, that was the first time you had him talking about Hall and Nash and Hogan and Bischoff on live television. And that one was, you know... I remember the genesis of D-Generation X and uh, X-Pac returning and joining and the New Age Outlaws joined later that night. And that is a definitely a prominent faction. You know, that particular version of DX um, uh, was definitely a cool moment uh, and one of those hell freezes over moments for me. Um, So. Marvelous Mike,
2: Marvelous Mike, that may be one of the most important moments in (laughs) WWE history as it really kicked off the Attitude Era, that moment. Yeah, you
8: know, I I hate to actually publicly agree with Toto Atom, so I won't actually say the words, but it is a very good point, is that that was a, that, that, I always consider that to be one of the initial night after WrestleMania Raws where, you know, we really started to expect the unexpected. You know, Austin had beaten Michael's, uh, you know, x Hawk had come back, you know, it was a very exciting time. Um, and my one last final plea to the listeners is let's please get that petition signed, Ban org. <laughs> We're going to have him banned from everything, wrestling, the state of New Jersey, TOTOA, so let's, let's do good for the children, and uh, congratulations, Tommy Fierro. It was a fantastic year for ISPW mm-hmm. and the Rock and Wrestling Collector. Um, go New York Jets. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> don't want to take up <laughs> any more of the uh, time, guys. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everyone and appreciate all of you. And, Tommy, thank you for everything you do for the wrestling fans, except for putting Total Tom on air. <laughs> <laughs>
1: thank you, brother. Listen, next week. Next week's our special two-hour edition uh, Christmas extravaganza. So hopefully you can give us a call next week and join in the Christmas celebration
8: next Thursday right here on the podcast. All righty. Sounds good. I think I'll take a trip to the and Wrestling Collector today. It seems to be that kind of day.
0: I'll see you soon, brother. All right, brother. Take care. All right. Thank you so much, right, Mike. Gentlemen... Real quick, a,
1: real quick, I yeah. want to make a, couple, a couple, couple things, that a couple different moments that were not mentioned. Today. I mean, there's, it's unfair. I mean, we, we could probably be on here for the next five or six hours talking about all the shocking biggest moments in professional wrestling history. There's tons, tons, tons that weren't mentioned. Just a couple of couple comes to the immediate top of my head uh, would be when Eric Bischoff showed up on Monday Night Raw. I know I mentioned that last week on the podcast, but that, that was a huge, huge moment. Also, um, another really big moment would be when uh, Roddy Piper turned babyface for the first time. And the, the biggest heel in, in WWE, right, turned babyface. Remember, I, I believe it was on was that in the flower shop. I, I vividly remember uh, that when he turned and, and the crowd just got behind him so much. There's so many different moments that we didn't mention, like like uh, just this past Survivor Series, CM Punk showing up and returning, uh, Ultimate Warrior coming back to WWF. You know, we didn't we didn't see that coming. There's so many different uh, moments that we didn't even get an opportunity to, to mention or talk about. Uh, it would definitely make for a, a, definitely a continued conversation on a future episode. But next week, mark your calendars. Once again, we are doing our 80s Wrestling the Podcast Christmas Extravaganza. I'm going to try and get a couple of legends on the show next week, uh, a couple ISPW superstars on the show next week. We are going to have some contests and giveaways. We are going to make it a super fun two-hour edition, end-of-the-year Christmas extravaganza. Mark your calendars. It's going to be a big episode,
0: Jumpin' Jay, next week here on the podcast. Huge episode next week. But this episode that we're just starting to wrap up was in itself a huge episode, a great discussion of those moments that shocked us all when hell froze over in the world of professional wrestling. I thank both you gentlemen very much. Uh with Tom, you did an outstanding job picking this conversation and leading today's conversation, so I thank you. Uh, at the conclusion of this show, Totowa, you were able to get, I don't know if you call it a sneak peek, a VIP viewing. I don't know how it happened, but the big talk in the theaters is, of course, the Iron Claw. That's the true story of the Von Erich brothers who they've, they've had their share of triumph and more than their fair share of tragedy tragedy and it's a story wrestling fans know all too well but it's it went to the big screen it it releases publicly on december 22nd in theaters across the nation but you were able to go uh, and see it last night and so i would love to know what your take on the iron claw film was
2: That's right, Jumping Jim. First off, I just have to give my most shocking moment since it was my topic. Um, Mine goes back to 1991 when I first saw Ric Flair with the NWA Heavyweight Championship walk into primetime wrestling studios with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Now, as a wrestling fan in the 80s, the two biggest names were always Flair and Hogan. We never thought those two would ever face each other. And hell froze over that one January, and I think it was 1991 when I first saw Flair. Not only Flair, but Ric Flair with the heavyweight championship from the NWA. That was my most shocking moment. Now you're right; I did get an early screening. And that was a courtesy of um, Scott Demore, Court Bauer, Tony Khan, and um, Billy Corrigan. They they allowed me to see the uh, show last night. Uh, great screening, and I'm going to make it quick because I know um, we're running out of time. First off, you if you're over the age of 40, you're going to absolutely love this movie because you lived it. We say on, the, on these shows that the best stories in professional wrestling are the ones that are real. This movie could not be more real, okay? This is the true life story or true life tragedy of the Von Erich family. What I enjoyed about it the most was that they were very respectful to the wrestling, okay? It's probably going to go down in my books as the greatest look into professional wrestling that has ever been done on a big or small screen. I have to give my hat to Zach Efron, who is an accomplished actor. He played Kevin Von Erich. I have never seen an actor Get the type of pathos he did last night just from looking into his eyes. He was able to sell the performance based upon facial expressions. The movie is about him. He's a narrative, okay? And he did a wonderful job. If he is not nominated for an Emmy or a Tony or an Oscar or a Golden Globe, that's a shame. It's a wrestling movie, yes, but it's a great movie. So I know our audience is strictly wrestling fans. I implore all of you to get your significant other, get a friend, get someone who doesn't even follow pro wrestling, get them to watch this movie because it's just a great, great movie. And make sure you get ready for a very somber uh two and a half hours because it's about two and a half hours long. And um, it, 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 shook my, it shook my soul. It did. It shook my soul last night. I was just thinking about it when I drove home, and you know, I couldn't go to bed for a while, and it, it, it just really hit me hard that how did this story not come to light in the last 30 years? It's too much. Hollywood wouldn't buy it, but I guess they finally did.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's a story we all know far too well. And they've done, you know, Dark Side of the Ring. There's been small documentaries about it. But to see the story come to the big screen, I, for one, am very excited uh, to see it. And I'm glad you're saying not not only does it give a good light in the wrestling world, but it's more of a human story. And so even if you're not a wrestling fan, it sounds like it's a movie that you can become emotionally connected with and kind of uh, understand the Von Erich family on a different level. I don't think there was a dry eye in the house, to be honest with you. There
2: was a uh, clapping at the end of the picture. Um, and uh, interestingly, or ironically enough, Kevin Von Erich was on AEW TV last night while this was mm. going on. Um, they taped the segment for him. I don't necessarily agree with the segment from what I heard. It had nothing to do about the movie. Um, they actually put him in a comical light, and uh, far be it, uh, you know, this movie was not comical, not at all. It was a it's a it's a tragic story, one that needs to be watched because I always believe the the ones that pull on your heartstrings are, are the best stories, t- you know, to invest yourself in. And you know, it comes out December twenty second. I hope everyone gets a chance to go see it. Um, And if they don't, I understand that it's going to be streaming on uh, Max, HBO Max as well. So if you're not able to go out this holiday season and see it, uh, hopefully you'll watch it on TV. But I would love to see Kevin Von Erich possibly in a future episode down the road, if we can maybe get him on to talk about this, this great movie.
0: That would be that'd be amazing. That'd be up to Tommy there in his Rolodex to see if he's got that kind of connection, gentlemen. As uh, the show feed here is starting to wind down, I want to thank you both. One heck of an episode today. Record number of callers. New numbers to this show. And you already heard from Toto with Tom that uh, one of the highest rated episodes. Those ratings come out faster and faster. It's amazing. It's one technology. Of the highest... Yeah. It's technology. That's the that's the time we live in. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tommy I'll let you wrap up the show But Toto Tom, I want to thank you very much Uh, It was a pleasure and a joy to have uh, You in the discussion this morning Of course thank you
1: Absolutely man and uh, it was A great uh, topic Tom thank you For the review of that movie I'm looking forward to seeing it myself And uh, looking forward to next week's episode Right here on 80s Wrestling The podcast it will be our Special two hour
10: Christmas
1: extravaganza I already got some My 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 wheels are already spinning, Jumpin' Jay. Now I'm coming up with some uh, some different ideas. I promise you, we are going to make next week's episode the biggest episode ever of '80s Wrestling: The Podcast. I guarantee it. And so do a Tom. You live up this way. If I guarantee something, what's going to happen? It happens. It happens. So next week, the biggest episode ever on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.